0: Welcome to the Hanu Health Podcast, where our mission is to help you to breathe better and stress less. On this show, we discuss a variety of topics and provide practical suggestions for improving health and well-being. However, none of the education, tips, and tricks provided should be taken as medical advice. Your medical doctor is your best bet if you have medical questions. Also, on this podcast, we interview numerous guests from diverse backgrounds, interests, and may carry some unique ideas. Hanu Health, as a company, does not endorse all statements provided by guests, or condone all suggestions or protocols discussed. We just like hearing about cool people doing rad and new things. So sit back, relax, breathe, and enjoy the show. (laughs) What's up, everybody? We're back. It's Hanu Health Podcast which means it's Friday, even though we came out with a podcast and a YouTube video this past Tuesday, which was like one of those rare occasions. And we had to do it, though, because our product was being released out there to the public for pre-order. So we're just too pumped. We're all just high on caffeine and adrenaline. And so we thought, you know what? Let's get on another podcast. You get two in one week. And here's the great thing is that both podcasts that we're releasing this week and also the YouTube video that you're watching It's all about our new product. And today is an HRV Q&A all about our new product that you have access to right now. If you go to HanuHealth.com right now, you can get this bad boy. If you're on YouTube, you can see what I'm holding up. Use your imagination on podcast or you can just, you know, go to HanuHealth.com and find out exactly what it is. But it's a wearable. This is wearable technology, continuously tracking HRV heart rate, and a bunch of other things that we're going to talk about today. And this is a revolutionary stress resiliency piece of hardware and software. It is like having a biofeedback coach and a stress coach and maybe even a therapist with you like at all times, but it's only going to cost you if you pre-order and you're one of the first 1000 people, it's only going to cost you 180 bucks. That's 40% off of that two ninety nine dollars retail price tag that will sell it to everybody else. So if you're one of the lucky few who listens to this podcast or happens to be in the right place at the right time, well, hey, you get it for 180 bucks and you only have to put 29 bucks down. And did I mention that that 29 bucks down is refundable? So if you change your mind, like we get it, like things happen. If your finances are not where you want them to be at the time of shipping or just life happens, you know, we get it like, and you want the refund, like we'll give it to you. Like we're really flexible. We're a great company. We don't want to cause you more stress. We are a stress resiliency company. So we want to help you. So like we're going to have like Chick-fil-A, you know, level service or BMW, Mercedes, Benz level of customer service. Like we just really want to make you feel warm and comfy and special, <laughs> and uh, and that sounds crazy ridiculous, but it's kind of true. I mean, we really see this as our vision and our mission. A part of Hanu is that if we, you know, we practice what I, what we preach, we don't want to live a life of hypocrisy. So we don't want to make you stress. So that's my long winded way of saying, and just go on, put your twenty nine bucks down, be one of the first one thousand people, get that free one hundred and fifty dollar valued gift box it's just it's it's well worth your time, it's well worth your effort. like you're gonna thank yourself for getting a hold of this hardware and software and so again, i'm gonna explain a little bit more in detail here. this is a q and a episode. If this is the first time you've ever tuned in. You're probably like, Whoa, is that how he starts every podcast? Is with a uh, shameless plug on his company trying to get us to buy stuff. And the answer is no. Like, really, this podcast is here and is intended to provide you with free access and education. Our podcast will always be free. Uh, but, you know, Hanu is something that we've spent a lot of time and effort making and building. So we got to charge a little bit for that. But again, like, you know, a lot of these wearable devices are coming in at 300 $350, $400. And and you can get our amazing continuous day monitoring stress software hardware integration for 180 bucks. Um, and if you listen to this podcast too late and you're not one of the first 1,000 people, then I'm sorry. Email us; we'll give you a discount. I'm sure we will. Now I'm going to get ridiculed by my entire team for offering discounts to people when they listen to this two, three years down the road. Uh, yeah, by that time, you know, you never know where we'll be. We'll see. We'll see. So again welcome. I'm Dr. Jay Wiles. I'm a clinical health and performance psychologist and subject matter expert in heart rate variability and HRV biofeedback. And today is one of the fun Q&As. These typically are the ones that are downloaded most actually. It's the HRV Q&A where you submit questions to us. So that we can answer them live on air in regards to things like HRV and stress resiliency and biofeedback and you know health optimization, whatever it may be. Today's a little bit different because actually the questions that I'm going to go over today are not user generated. They're J generated. And the reason I included these is because there are questions that I'm sure people will have about heart rate variability in our device. And while I won't stick just 100% to heart rate variability, a lot of the questions that I do respond and answer will be about heart rate variability in relation to how we approach using heart rate variability and heart rate within the context of Hanu Health and within our application. So strap in folks, it's about to be a really good one. So I won't, uh, uh I won't continue to try and take your money uh, on on YouTube and and on uh and on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter and on you know our website uh just 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 yet um I think that well I will but what I think I will do is give you a little bit more information so that you can make an informed decision because Even though the $29 you put down is fully refundable, we want you to make an informed decision about the stuff that you're using to measure and track your biometrics and your physiology. But then also, too, like we just want you to uh, honestly have a disposal of tools like in your back pocket if you need them. And you know, you get to choose whether or not you use a device like what we are offering. Or you choose something else. Like we think that what we've developed um, is going to be an amazing tool, an adjunctive to a lot of things that people are doing to optimize their health and their well-being. But it's not the only other option. It's not the only option. There are other things out there. Not like what we're making. We're making something pretty proprietary, which is cool. Uh, but there are other things that you know you maybe you decide to spend your money on. Like I think though that informed decision making is extremely. Important. So I'm biased. I'm going to tell you that this is the best hardware and software that you could ever buy for stress resiliency. And I think it is. I wouldn't be making this if I didn't think so. But I think that, you know, let's just, you know, do your homework. And then when you decide to pull the trigger, we're going to be so happy to have you a part of our crazy heart rate variability, stress resiliency, breath work, biohacking community. So without further ado, let me just talk to you a little bit about the wearable in general, and then we'll jump into some questions. And I'm going to try not to be uh, too long-winded and verbose, which is typically one of my go-to for those of you listening to this podcast. Uh, but I do want to spend just a little bit of time setting up the framework for this. I would say go listen to the podcast that I released this past Tuesday, which is like the introduction to the Hanu Wearable podcast, if you want to know kind of the more uh, 30,000 foot view of the company, as well as like what we've built into this wearable. Uh, I think it's a really good overview and it's a little bit more lengthy. Like I want to think that's uh, like an hour podcast. I'm going to keep this one a little bit short. I just want to hit some of the highlights in regards to our wearable and our software and what it does with heart rate variability and what it does with biofeedback or training. Because I think that's particularly important um, and is something for us to to really think about. So let's set the stage though, just with a little bit of generalized, I guess, thoughts, you know, ideas about kind of what this device is. So unlike some of the other wearables that are on the market right now that are either measuring mostly things at night Ours is predominantly a day device. Now, that doesn't mean you cannot wear it at night. However, at this point in time, like we're not measuring things like sleep staging or sleep architecture, sleep structure. Now, that's something that we, you know, could get into in the future, but we're not doing that right now. And the reason being is because... We intended this device to be a device that you wore throughout the day that's measuring multiple biometrics throughout the day and then providing you feedback and opportunity for training throughout the day. And the intention is to do two things. And I know I sound like a broken record to most of you who listen to these Hanu Health podcasts, but we're doing two things, right? One, increasing your level of self-awareness. We're really good about talking ourselves out of when we're stressed or not. However, our physiology does not lie and it typically is quite difficult for us to try to... Uh, convince ourselves otherwise if we see the data. And so it's great for those individuals who operate like myself on a very data-driven kind of scientific perspective. Uh, because again, I can kind of muscle through and say, I got this. And there's nothing wrong with necessarily muscle throughing it sometimes, but we do know that it catches up to us, right? So if we have uh, this continued chronic state of stress that we're experiencing day in and day out. The biggest or the largest scale problem that we have there is that while, yes, we may be able to keep our head above water and maybe even continue to perform pretty decently, that compounding level of chronic stress eventually catches up to us to where we're, let's say, externalizing behavior, things like being angry and yelling at people, Uh, you know, doing things that maybe we uh, regret doing or saying things that we regret saying. Uh, You know, it may also result in fatigue or malaise, exhaustion, kind of just feeling tired all the time or sluggish all the time, Uh, especially when we're not having to kind of like put on the performance hat because we can all... Uh, or not, I won't say all because some people are just so fatigued out that they can't do this. But a lot of us can put on that hat that is the hat of like energy and motivation and get through. And maybe we can do that for you know most of the day when we're at work. But then it just kind of hits us like a you know pile of bricks when we get home and we're around family or you know we you know whatever it may be whatever situation it, that can happen and I see that happen so often within the clinical population that I've worked with that uh, we need something throughout the day that we're training resiliency we're training control over our nervous system control over the stress response the ability to modulate the gas pedal and the brake at any given moment. And that is what this device is intended to do. Um, it's intended, number one, again, self-awareness, help you to I better understand the trends, the time today, the things, logging the life events and saying, this is the predominant cause, uh, looking to see the things that are really helpful for your stress response, because we don't wanna spend just the negative side of things, right? We don't wanna just say that this is all intended to identify kind of the bad, quote unquote, bad stress. But how can we best use that stress? We know that things are gonna get crazy. I'm releasing and my team right now. We're releasing a wearable technology to the world right now. It's stressful. Like I my HRV goes out of normal range on like every single day. And the reason being is because I'm inevitably going to experience these hits of stress throughout the day. But Do I allow my body to stay in that state throughout the day, which can inhibit my performance, my cognitive abilities, my emotional volatility, or do I then take a step forward and say, now that I'm aware and I have this level of alertness and self-awareness, now I do the second component of what Hanu is about, which is self-awareness regulation and increased resiliency and adaptability to stress. And what that ends up manifesting in is utilizing things like resonant breathing. I'm going to talk all about that here in the questions here in just a second, breath work, things like box breathing, breath holding, the physiological sigh, performance breathing. I can use any of these types of skills to help better control my nervous system. The more and more you teach your nervous system to act in the way that you want it to act, guess what? The more and more it will listen. The more that you train a dog to do a trick or to you know, engage in whatever behavior you're looking for, the more opportunity it then has to engage in that behavior more quickly, more efficiently. It's it's This is conditioning 101 in psychology, right? That's the intention. We're trying to condition your nervous system. Your nervous system, due to sustained chronic stress, has been conditioned to respond in a means that is adaptive per se, but is detrimental in many other ways. It holds a lot of physiological and psychological, relational, spiritual deleterious effects. And that's what we really want to help better mitigate is our ability to manage stress through better self-awareness and better self regulation. So again, those are the two things that we're intending to do with this hardware software integration, this wearable technology is that we are super duper duper stress focused as crazy as that sounded after I said it. We're really hardcore about helping people become more adaptive and more resilient to stress so that they can optimize their health, optimize their cognition, optimize their relationships with people. And that starts with good data, but then it ends with best levels of self-regulation when you're engaging in training. And practice. So let's jump in now to some of the I was going to say user submitted, but it's not are uh, J submitted questions, uh, which is always fun. You know, when I've got my you know, hands on the reins, we don't know where these horses are going to go sometimes. So here we go. I'll try to say stay pointed. If you listen to this podcast, you've heard me talk before. You know that sometimes, like, I get excited about topics, and one thing leads to another. So let's—I'll stay a little bit pointed. So we'll—we'll um, we'll see if I actually hold to that. I'll—I'll I'll listen back to this podcast, or uh, Molly, our—our um, uh, our marketing manager, she will listen back, and yeah, she'll give me some pointers on where I've taken a t- maybe a turn for the worse sometimes. So, but anyway, here we go. Question number one: What metrics are you tracking with Hanu, and why? And then how are you measuring them? Well, one thing that I'll mention is that a lot of our measurements that we're taking, everything, every measurement that we're taking comes from physiological data uh, that is used to track stress resiliency. However, there's a lot of subjective tracking that we allow for as well. So I'll get into that. But the biometrics that we're tracking predominantly are heart rate variability, heart rate, and movement. Now that's not everything. And I can't disclose everything and then exactly how we're using it just because a lot of these algorithms that we've created and we're developing uh, are being submitted for different patents. And so because of that, I mean, obviously I do not want any type of competitor to hear exactly how we're utilizing these calculations, but there's an aggregate score that you're going to get throughout the day. And that's called the stress resiliency score or S- RS. The stress resiliency score is really telling you how adapted you are during that time that you're looking at that score. And then you look at the daily average as well. And you can look back on trends of averages and look at all the data that's associated with that score. It's telling you how resilient are you in that moment to handle stress. Now, it's looking predominantly at heart rate variability, but it's also taking into consideration heart rate, both the subtle and large-scale changes of heart rate. The reason being there is because there are opportune times, and we know this from evidence-based research, there are times and opportunities where measuring heart rate variability will give us the absolute best snapshot and look into nervous system functioning and changes both subtle or large scale in the nervous system. However, there are also certain times where HRV is not really a great measurement of that. And I'll explain that here in just a minute. And heart rate has actually been shown to be a better measurement of nervous system functioning. And again, we're not just looking at changes that are, on a macro scale we're actually looking at changes that are on a micro scale as well uh, as well so even like short term fluctuations in heart rate and large scale fluctuations in heart rate we take all of these into consideration they're always going to be compared to your normal based values and it does take a little bit of time for us to collect that data while we can continuously give you let's say, heart rate and heart rate variability at any given moment, the one thing that you'll have to remember is that the stress resiliency score is really based on you falling in and out of your averages. The time, the duration, uh, the frequency, all of those are factored in. So those are two components. Movement is another really big component. And again, I'm going to get into the granularity of the two, three metrics that we're talking about, but I'm just kind of giving more or less right now a broad over, overview. Movement is another key feature here. If you were to stand up right now, walk down the hallway, come back and sit down, your heart rate variability is going to drop. Inevitably, your heart rate is going to go up. Inevitably, should you be penalized for that? Should you look at that and say, oh no, my heart rate variability went from a 50 down to a 20. My heart rate went from a 65 up to an 85 or a 90. Should you be penalized for that? No. Our software is sophisticated, I can't even say the word, it's sophisticated enough to capture those data points through things like movement. When you're exercising, heart rate variability is going to drop like a rock. Heart rate should go up and it should go up to whatever zone maybe you're training it in uh, if you're doing a a zone-based training. Should that be penalized? Does HRV matter during that moment? And the and the answer to that then is that there's no research that we have right now that indicates that during exercise, checking heart rate variability and having a monitor of continuous heart rate variability holds a lot of weight. Just like heart rate though is absolutely it holds a lot of weight during exercise. So again, our ability to capture these data points and then what we present to you is based on evidence-based research. So what we do is we make sure that we're providing you with the information that you need at any given moment. But when you're at work, when you're engaged in typing on your computer, reading emails, you know, uh, socializing with other people, checking your phone, whatever it may be, that's a really good opportune time for us to check in with heart rate variability and use it as the key proxy or measurement of nervous system functioning in the human stress response. So again that that this speaks to the amount of sophistication that's going into this device where we're not just saying that like it's only based on just continuous HRV that we're capturing heart rate you know, all, all the time and then nothing else, but we factor in things like movement, time of day, um, situations and circumstances. We have the ability to utilize um, our machine-based learning in order to better framework these and then present to you the data that makes sense in that moment, always on a self-comparison as compared to a normative comparison. So HRV, what are we measuring HRV? Predominantly RMSSD, the root mean squared of successive differences. And we utilize that as a good proxy for parasympathetic output or vagal flow, vagal modulation. So with that said, RMSSD is the predominant data point that we're using. However, one of the coolest things that you're gonna find though, is that you're gonna have access to data that is being captured, um, especially during biofeedback, that is extremely dense. You're gonna get an upwards of 12 to 14 HRV data points when you're training. And they all hold important weight. I don't have enough time within the context of this podcast to get into every biometric that we use, but it is a lot. It allows for so much high fidelity and granularity to the descriptors that we provide to heart rate variability, but also showing you the large scale and minute changes that are happening within the context of autonomic nervous system functioning. That's a fancy, fancy way of saying is that we can get really really specific. And we can use evidence-based biometric data points to give you a lot more information, more information than anything out there on how well your nervous system is adjusting to your stress load, to your stress adaptation, and then also too to training. What trainings are working best that are really helping to influence your nervous system and stress resiliency more than others? Because it's one thing to have a level of training that is just kind of based on pace breathing, but what if we got much more granular with it? What if we really specifically found the tailored approaches and protocols for you that are the most effective means of nervous system resiliency? That's what we're intended to do. Uh, we want to make this easy to use, but sophisticated enough that you can be provided with any data point regarding HRV that you would ever need. I built this to scratch my own itch. And if you know me, those who follow me, you know that I'm an HRV data nerd and I want to know every bit of everything. I built it to scratch my own itch. The great thing is is that you can toggle in and out of like an advanced mode. So for those of you who are like, I just want to know like is this helping number one? What's my HRV even doing? What's my heart rate doing? And how is this increasing stress resiliency? You have that ability, but then you can toggle into a more advanced mode that's available to everybody, which you can see everything. You can see the power spectral analysis and how well you're engaging in 0.1 Hertz resonance breathing or coherent breathing. Like how well is certain types of pacing of breathing affecting these other time domain or frequency domain indices of HRV. We get really granular with these things. So those of you who are the Health optimization, the biohacking community, those who just love data, you have the accessibility there. Or for those of you who are like, tell me when I'm stressed, give me something to do about it. You also are tailored to. So that's HRV continuously measured and then really, really high fidelity measurements when you're training and doing biofeedback heart rate and then movement. So we utilize an accelerometer to look at steps. Um, so activity and movement. And then we also use that as a means of calculation of stress resiliency when you, uh, when we see fluctuations in heart rate and fluctuations in heart rate variability during movement. So those are the two components. So again, how what are the metrics and how we're tracking them and why I mentioned that? And then how are we measuring them? Well, if you see on this device that I'm holding here, This is a PPG device, and PPG are light sensors, Um, so there are multiple lights that are actually being shown through here, so I'm actually going to try to turn on. For those of you who are looking at YouTube, you'll be able to see it. I don't know if it's going to pick it up on the camera, but you'll see that they are Multiple diodes. They're green and then amber diodes. And this array of setup and this high level of sampling rate has been demonstrated by Skosh, who is the device that we're building in collaboration with. Uh, this. Uh, the, and Valencell is the actual um, uh, sensor array that we use. Valencell makes that sensor array. Uh, it is found to be effective for all skin tones, which is not something that a lot of wearables can actually say, to be honest with you. So it works with all skin tones and even hairy arms. So for you gorillas and and apes are out there. Uh, Chris Holbrook, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you. I really hope he listens to this. Chris is our CEO, by the way. So anyway, he's like, who in the world is he talking about? He's our CEO with hairy arms. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, the thing is, is that, again, we created this with uh, everybody in mind, and we wanted to get the most accurate sensor array that we possibly could. So we use, again, Valencell, those flashing lights. Actually, on the screen I'm looking at right now, it looks like it's flashing really slow. It is flashing so fast. Like it is, I can't even keep up with it, but the the f- uh, flicker of it is so fast. you can't even see it on the screen now because it's such a high level and high sampling rate. So anyway, uh, PPG. Uh, and one of the things that's really crazy is that it is very hard uh, to pick up um, accurate data That has artifact removed from some types of PPG sensors, but we chose the best one out there on the market. And then we have the best data scientists and those who are working on algorithms to really give us the clearest shot that you possibly can from a PPG sensor, which is just incredible. All right. Next thing is question number two, which is all about resonance. Fun one. Okay. What is resonance frequency and how is it assessed and used for training? To my knowledge right now, especially in the wearable market, there is no software hardware integration that is measuring true resonance frequency via a resonance frequency assessment that is an evidence-based approach assessment that is identified in the literature by Dr. Paul Lair. I'll speak to him in just a second. There is no one out there who's doing it. And all of those who are claiming to utilize resonance training or resonance frequency training are not utilizing uh, the protocol that is be- that this is assessment is based off of. Let me explain. Dr. Paul Lair is Professor Emeritus at Rutgers University. He is a board advisor to HANU, and he is known as one of the preeminent, if not the preeminent, uh, HRV biofeedback and HRV researchers in the entire world. I mean, this guy has been president, of the AAPB. He has been, I believe, president of BCIA. I mean, any biofeedback and psychophysiology uh, outlet that you can think of, he has published in. Um, I think he, last time I cited, it was like over a hundred and something publications, I want to say. I might be misquoting, so don't, don't, don't sue me over that one. Uh, Paul can let me know. But this guy is like the guru of HRV biofeedback and the guru of resonance frequency. He coined the term resonance frequency. He coined the term resonance biofeedback and resonance training. So if you want it coming from the horse's mouth, then Hanu is your choice because Dr. Lair is the one who created this protocol that has been published and cited in thousands of biofeedback articles. He created this protocol, the same one that we use. He created the HRV biofeedback protocol the same one that we use. And Hanu is so privileged to have Dr. Paul Lair as our board advisor and informing and monitoring and keeping tabs on everything related to resonance training and HRV biofeedback. Okay, what is resonance frequency? What Dr. Lair and his colleagues found in the literature is that we all have a certain resonance rate that is a resonance rate of our heart rate and our breathing or respiratory system. We know that our respiratory system is one of the direct links to heart rate and the cardiovascular system. This is why we refer to things like cardiorespiratory fitness, uh, why we talk about uh, biofeedback in terms of sometimes respiratory psychophysiology uh, or respiratory biofeedback. That is because the respiratory system will resonate with the heart and it will resonate with the heart when we get as low as six breaths per minute, but we can actually optimize optimize our heart rate variability and therefore our stress response by finding that resonance rate, the perfect rate for us, or the, I would say optimal rate. I don't know if perfect is the great way of putting it, but optimal rate. Uh, and then that can help to, again, influence our level of training and the pace of breathing that we that we train at. If you breathe at six breaths per minute, like you're going to increase heart rate variability and you're going to do a lot of good for your nervous system. No doubt about it. The literature is pretty clear. Slow-paced breathing is quite effective. However, if you find your resonant rate, what we know from research is that we can make biofeedback even that much more effective. So the resonance frequency rate ranges from as low as 4.5 breaths per minute to as high as six and a half breaths per minute. The way that we assess within the HANU app as to how we come to the conclusion of what your resonance rate is, is we actually have you go through a series of tests. The test has you start at six and a half breaths per minute and you breathe at that rate for two minutes. Then you rest for a short period of time, about 30 seconds, and then you breathe at six breaths per minute for two minutes and then rest uh, five and a half, then five, than four and a half. So you actually go through each of these. It's the first thing that we have you do when you log into the HANU app. At least we suggest it, highly suggest it. it takes about 12 minutes, so a little bit of time, but not bad. Then we assess all of the parameters as outlined by Dr. Paul Lair in the literature to identify what is the optimal breathing rate for you. Again, that's referred to as your resonance frequency or resonance frequency rate. Once you find that, then we populate that. We save it within our application. And then when you engage in what's called our resonance biofeedback and resonance training, then that's already set for you. So say you do the evaluation or the assessment for resonance frequency. We give you the data and say, you know, Dr. J's resonance frequency is five breaths per minute. Well, then that populates so that every time that I engage in resonance biofeedback, that's there. You you don't even have to go and put it in every time. It's just already populated. Then when you do resonance biofeedback, you'll be pacing your breathing at five breaths per minute. So for me, it would be. So that's it. And then your Hanu device, because again, the vibe motors in there, the vibration motor, you'll feel it pacing you at that breathing. So you inhale, there's no vibration. And then as it starts to vibrate, you follow that exhale. When it cuts off, you inhale. When it cuts back on the vibration, you exhale, and then you can follow the beautiful artwork on the app as well. You can use both of them. The great thing about it is is that you can set the phone down, close your eyes, and just follow the vibrations if you want to. It's an incredible field that really helps you to get into more of a meditative zone. When you close your eyes, you actually enhance alpha brainwave um, input, and you can increase heart rate variability faster. So you don't need to look at the app as beautiful as it is, you can just follow those gentle, easy vibrations on your wrists that are helping you to pace. And we inform you kind of like all the instructions are built on the app. So if you don't have to listen to this podcast to know how to use it, it's really, really simple. Uh, And then you get your data afterwards. It shows you how well the session was, resonance session, like you were breathing at your resonance rate, let's say five breaths per minute. And then it shows you like, where did your heart rate variability start? And then where did it end? What was the highest heart rate variability that you had during that time? What was kind of the average range throughout that time? What zone were you in in regards to frequency measurements? Like what did your LF look like? What does your power spectral analysis look like? Which is kind of like this spiky colorful graph that we've created, which shows you kind of how much power you've pulled. Uh, your, your breathing rate has pulled you in. And when you get into six breaths per minute, five breaths per minute or so resonance rates, it pulls you into that 0.1 Hertz or what we call it creates a meditator's peak, which is a lot of power when that low frequency band is really what you want to see. And then afterwards we see an inflation of RMSSD and we see an inflation of high frequency band. When you go back to breathing at normal, rates and engage the baroreflex mechanism at a normal rate. So that is the RF assessment. And RF biofeedback or resonance frequency biofeedback, again, is just a great way in the literature it is such a valuable evidence-based way for increasing heart rate variability in training. So again, Dr. Paul Lair is like the man on this stuff, Professor Emeritus Rutgers University, and he is informing us every step of the way. Check out his publications and look at the immense amount of time he's put in to really perfecting this idea of resonance frequency and resonance rates. And it is, again, just a prime thing that we have built into our application. All right, the last question for today, and we're going to wrap it up. I've already kind of answered this question. However, I want to get a little bit more into the weeds on things. Here's the question. Okay. Are there times when measuring HRV, heart variability, are there times when measuring HRV does not make sense? So is there time where it doesn't really make sense to be measuring it? And this is an interesting question, right? Because if you look at the literature there is no literature right now that says that there's value in always continuously measuring it. I think that research is going to change. And I think Hanu, honestly, we're going to change that research. But here's some things that I want to say. So the answer to that question is, is yes. Are there times of measuring HRV? Doesn't really make much sense. The answer is yes, as of now. So let's talk about it. Well, the one I mentioned earlier in the podcast is Exercise. So exercise, so incredibly valuable. And I talked a lot about this. Listen to the podcast that I did with uh, Angela Foster, with Simland, uh, talking about a lot of zone two training and the need for exercise and how that can increase resiliency and is a form of hormetic stress. But did you hear what I just said? It's a hormetic stressor. Any type of hormesis, a hormetic hormetic stressor can result, will result, I should say, in a reduction in heart rate variability likely due to an increase of cardiac output that increases heart rate. So exercise, does not make a lot of sense to measure HRV? Well, right now we don't have a lot of research that would indicate that it's important to measure whether you're wearing an EKG, whether you're wearing a PPG sensor, we know it's going to drop. What's actually much more important is measuring it pre and measuring it post. Listen to the podcast that I did with Marco Altini on sports performance and heart rate variability. He said one of the most fascinating things that I've ever heard in my life about heart rate variability. He said that there's interesting research that was done a long time ago, but that he's also found within his own research. There's interesting research that shows that when you engage in zone two training, that from pre to post output, uh, that heart rate variability after zone two actually increases and increases significantly. Incredible. Not so much when you get to zone three, zone four, zone five, because you're getting your heart rate really high, especially in zone five, if it's like hit training or hurt training, but it's really fascinating. But that's to say is that what we have built in the app is that there's not going to be a lot of indicate. There's not a lot of indication that says you need to test HRV. Like if you want to spot check HRV, like when you're engaged in exercise, go for it. Like take a chance and look down at your phone and take a little you know, glance and spot check of what your hurry variability is. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. What we don't want to do is penalize and say, oh man, heart rate variability went from a 75 as your average during the day down to a 10 when you're exercising and therefore your stress resiliency drops. No, you're actually your stress resiliency should increase like crazy when you exercise, not because your HRV's increased, not because your heart rate is decreased. That would be what you would want to see in normal wrestling conditions, but because you're exercising, you're engaging in something that we have Uh, you know, no, um, there's nobody out there who's trying to discount the fact that exercise is extremely important for stress resiliency. However, we don't want to penalize you with data. And we also want to say that it doesn't really make sense to continuously measure HRV measure heart rate. Absolutely. But that's one of the times where it doesn't really make sense. The other time is during excessive movement. So like if you're walking down the hall and you're walking back and you've picked up speed you've engaged in a lot of excessive movement and excessive is, is a word that I'm using, but it's not really excessive in, in the sense that like you should, you know, put your arms by your side or something while you walk and, you know, waddle like a penguin. Uh, what I'm actually saying is that we know that your heart rate variability is going to drop. Like when you walk, when you get back to the desk, it's going to go back to normal. Um, you know, just within a, it could be within a few minutes. It could take a little bit of time too, depending on how high your heart rate got up and how much HRV dropped, but we know it's going to happen. So does it make sense that if you're out on a large, long walk, which you would consider exercise to be kind of continually monitoring and then providing you feedback and having your you know, device go buzz off like because your HRV is dropped because you're walking? No, it doesn't. But we can use heart rate as a really good proxy there as well. The next thing is, is that we know when you're eating, you are going to have a modified HRV. We, one crazy thing that we know is that no matter what, if you, it doesn't matter if you're eating, your HRV is typically going to be lowered. And the reason being is because there's a lot of energy expenditure that happens when you eat, especially within your enteric nervous system, which is a branch of your autonomic nervous system. Do you know that? Your enteric nervous system is a branch of your autonomic nervous system. You do have the Uh, parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. You also have the enteric nervous system, which is directly connected. When we eat, heart rate typically increases and heart rate variability decreases as we're digesting. So that's one thing that we want to consider. We can measure during that time, but we need input from the user if you're eating so that we don't penalize you within the app. So again, this is all being built in to our application, and the last thing is, is that it's modified during talking, and so there's ways that you know we're what we want to say too is that if you're talking for a long period of time, let's say you're giving a speech, you're doing a podcast, is that we don't want this thing going off because HRV is sinking and heart rate is going up. That inevitably happens. It doesn't mean that you're stressed. It could be it could mean that you're stressed, but we don't want it going off. So we need that little bit of input in order to not then alert you and have it vibrate and then annoy the absolute living tar out of you. So again, these are questions that I get asked all the time is that is continuous heart rate variability monitoring absolutely necessary? And I say you can do it. But sometimes the feedback and the value of the information that you get, um, unless you exactly know what you're looking at, which most people will not know what they're looking at, um, just to be completely transparent and frank, then sometimes we have to make sure that we're not penalizing you by saying, oh, here we go. Like this person's eating, this person's drinking. So let's say for instance, or, mo- or moving or talking. Let's say for instance that you do get an alert, a life alert that comes up on the Hanu app that says, we see the HRV drop. You want to tell us what's going on? Then what you can do is if you can say like, hey, I was just eating. And as long as it was healthy food, maybe we have a one that, you know, if it drops because you're eating highly inflammatory food, like highly processed sugars or high linoleic acid or, you know, fast food or something, then we penalize your stress resiliency. But if you're eating like a really good meal, your HRV is still going to drop. However, this is not something you want to penalize you for. So this is again, all being built into the app because this is really a smart application. Okay. That's the three questions. We got through them all. Boom tried to keep this, I don't even know what we're at, like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. We're about 40 minutes in. Um, so <laughs> thanks for bearing with me. Wanted to keep it a little bit more on the shorter side. I said, you know, 30 to 45 minutes and I would be good. So, Hey, there we go. We did it. So this is my last shameless plug, like $29 down first 1000 people like get some amazing gifts. Like it's fully refundable. 40% off of the retail price, which is normally 300 bucks. You get it for 180. The time is now to get in. Like I really want you all to get into this and experience just what it's like to have a stress coach and a biofeedback coach with you at all times. Like it is an incredible feeling to have. Uh and it's just trains resilience. So there it is. hanuhealth.com, hanuhealth.com slash pre-order. Join us on social media. Like We're there. Uh, we're ready for this one. It is going to be a crazy awesome thing when it comes out in July or August. We're going to ship it to you. Everything looks like it's on schedule to be uh, sent out then. So everybody, I hope that uh, these questions were helpful as we think about HRV and resonance and what we did within the application to really help you out on this end. Uh, if you're joining on YouTube, like, subscribe, ring the bell, all those other things. I'm getting all these Slack messages in here and they're causing me a lot of headache because it's making all this noise and I'm so distractible. Uh, but you guys have a great, uh, great one. If you're on the podcast, if you're listening on the podcast, keep like trying to end the podcast. It's like a Lord of the Rings, you know, they like in return of the ring, like 10 times. Uh, and you're like, when's this thing going to end? Here we go. Lord of the Rings. Um, So the last thing I was going to say, if you're listening to the podcast, give us a five star review. That helps drive people to free education on stress resiliency, uh, on heart rate variability, on breath work. We could really use your help there. And then if we read your review on our podcast Q and A with Patrick McCune, we'll send you yes, a beautiful free gift box all of some crazy goodies, Hanu related, Patrick McCune, oxygen advantage related. You're going to love it. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful day, wonderful Friday, wonderful weekend. You guys take care and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Hanu Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast would not happen without listeners and supporters like you. And the best way to support us and the show is to head on over to iTunes and provide us with a five-star review. This helps us reach others and spread the good word of breathing and stress resiliency. If we read your five-star review on air, please reach out to podcast at hanuhealth.com with your name and mailing address, and we will send you some sweet Hanu gear. Until next time, breathe better and stress less. Thank you.